We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Special extended version of Sports the Max tonight, taking you up to game time. Tip-off set for about 8.05, 7.30. We turn it over for the pregame show with Cal Soderquist. Yes, it's going to be fun. Mike Max here, and I'm live at the Skyway Studio in downtown Minneapolis at Target Center, where fans are starting to gather. If I could be so, uh, uh, paint you a little bit of a picture here of what's going on. Um, they're slowly trickling in, and I'm not sure exactly what time the gates actually open. I'm not sure if it's 6.30 or if it's 7 o'clock an hour before. Uh, but I want to give you a piece of advice right off the top, because some of you are out there, you may be thinking, we'll stop in, we'll get a little dinner, we'll do this, we'll do that. I would recommend you get to the arena earlier rather than later. And I know that here in Minnesota, we tend to be late arriving crowd. That's just the way that we're built. But the problem is, if you, if you look at the layout, architecturally speaking, of Target Center, you come through a lobby. And then remember the cumbersome piece of it sometimes, when, when you have to go through a metal detector and everything else, it takes a little bit longer to get inside the building and to your seat. So we have seen on different occasions of late in the playoffs where people will have to wait outside and they'll be out uh, into the street and, and, and on the sidewalk and they're missing the opening tip. So if you're out there, you're driving around, you're saying, hey, I'm going to get to the game just in time for the tip off. I would advise you to see if you can come a little bit earlier. By the way, it's kind of fun to sit and watch the warmups too. Uh, one of one of the great things that I love about um, playoff basketball is you walk out like just now is down by the arena. And it's the calm before the storm. The media is gathered in the perimeter. You know it's a big deal because you see there's more media and and there's more people there and and, and they're and, and, and they're right up against the and, and and they're they're doing their live shots. They're doing all those things. And and all of a sudden you uh, you get the sense that it's a big game. I I, I got a, I got a special guest to stop by for one minute. State championship basketball coach <laughs> James Ware going to the game tonight from Park Center High School. Is that your son with you? That is. That's JJ. I'm fired up. We're fired up to be here tonight. We're he's he's got the John Morat do though. Yeah. Oh yeah. They all do. It's going around. Yeah. Well, you know, you you won the state championship and uh, and and you've had what three players go on and play uh, that, that have committed to Division One programs. Yep. Now? Yep. We've had three that have committed: Braden Carrington, uh, Cody Pennebaker, and Leo Torbor. 
Uh, the other two have also um, committed, gotten full scholarships to uh, Kirkwood Community College. So we're five for five in terms of our starters. Super proud of our guys. We got three other, three other, or two other seniors that we got to take care of, find them homes. But we're super excited. Okay, so explain to people when the Timberwolves are good in Timberwolves basketball and what that means. I'm not sure, James, that people understand how many kids are playing basketball right now. I'm not sure. You got to tomorrow. The gyms will be filled throughout the metro Absolutely. with AAU tournaments. Explain what the Timberwolves piece or party is in that. Well, it's everything because it, it, that's where it starts. It's the highest level, and every kind of everything kind of floats down from there. Uh, you know, like I, I couldn't. You know, forever. It's hard to get my son to come to a game. He can't wait. We're here two hours early. You know, to come to this game. So. Uh, it, it's everything. It, it's, it creates excitement, uh, the energy. Um, you know, people want to be excited for their hometown team. It it really does mean everything. Two players that I want to get your comment on before I let you go back to to the real world because McKinley Wright is basically in street clothes for yep. this place with the Timberwolves. You played yep. against him. You coached Coach against him. Tyus Jones, obviously, yep. at Apple Valley that well. you know very well, and you know his brother, J.D. Uh, let's start with McKinley Wright because it's a great story he to the Timberwolves. Well, McKinley Wright, first of all, tough as nails, out of Champlin Park, uh, has paid his dues everywhere he's been, um, has found a way to win everywhere he's been. Um, Tad Boyle out of Colorado, literally, I mean, he got the guy a contract extension. Um, I mean, you can't say enough about McKinley Wright, his intensity. He's all about winning. Uh, you know, just being a casual observer, I watched him on the bench. He's standing up every play with the Wolves. Uh, you know, he's just a guy who's waiting his chance, and I'm excited to see him get it. Uh, Tyus Jones, I mean, he's a pro's pro. I mean, he's a, he's a pro's pro. I mean, if you got a if you got a young basketball player, I mean, these are two guys you want to have them watch. Will they ever be as good as those two? Probably not. But just in terms of the way they carry themselves, uh, what they the way they play, unselfish, uh, outstanding representatives from our state. You know, there's one other name that people that's buried in the Memphis uh, roster because he's mainly been G League, but Terrell Terry from De La Salle has yeah. found a home uh, with Memphis, at least for now as well. Yeah, Tyrell's another one. Same thing. I mean, all these guys are guards that have come out of the state of Minnesota who have made a name for themselves by playing the right way. And so as Minnesotans, we got to be super, super fired up about that and super excited for them. Celebrate it. Hey, go have fun with your son. <laughs> I, I am. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go watch shoot around. We can't wait. Okay, you need a haircut Thanks, though, okay? <laughs> <laughs> James Ware, state championship coach, Park Center, coached against uh three of the people that are, you know, technically participants in this, and that's that's the way he is and the way that he rolls. Uh but uh, what he mentioned is so important and so true when you talk about the uh, uh what the Timberwolves do for a community is they uh, they, they rise the tide, and so you get more kids playing basketball, and you see more kids at the gymnasiums this weekend because of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And tomorrow at those gymnasiums, and I'll be out watching some of them, uh, there will be conversation about tonight's game. And that just feeds itself, and it feeds itself into the uh, programs. I was at a tryout a couple of weeks ago just to observe. I wasn't trying out, and they expected 200 kids to show up for this open tryout, and they got 400. Those are the kind of numbers that you see when you have uh, a lot of basketball and you're surrounded by basketball uh, in your state, and certainly the Timberwolves right now uh, playing their part, but it's uh, part of the reason that they're uh, uh, a cut above right now. Now, I just saw Malik Beasley walk by here, by the way. He walked by the Skyway. He's going over to the practice facility to get some more shots in as opposed to shooting at Target Center because he can shoot by himself there. Uh, but we were at practice yesterday, and we asked him this question. We said, how do you feel about this team, and, and have you overcome a lot of adversity to get here? Here's what he said. 
We've been through a lot of adversity, so, you know, um, I feel like we've been here before, so we're ready for tomorrow and then be game seven and then go straight go to state. That's how we feel. We feel confident in this and we're ready to get it done. When you played this long into the series, do you really throw something actions you haven't seen, or have you seen everything they throw at you? I mean, we've pretty much seen everything, but it comes down to energy and effort, rebounding, 50-50 balls, things like that, little things. A bit later in the show, I also paid a visit to the Memphis practice, and uh, they were relaxed and confident. We had a chance to visit with some of the different players, and um, it was interesting. Uh, they've got a sense about themselves and a swagger, if you will. I mentioned this earlier, but Stephen Adams, uh, the center, their highest paid player, who was a focal point during the year and has been really put on the sidelines because he doesn't match up well with the Timberwolves, uh, is not playing tonight because he tested positive and is in the protocol. Uh, so I think it's a five-day window now that he can't play with this team, but he will not be a part of it tonight. He has not been a big part of this series, but it does matter. Now, what's the hot ticket in town, and how hot is the ticket for the tonight's game? When we come back, Mike Nowakowski from Ticket King breaks down Game 6 from a ticket standpoint and the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Twins. What's hot? What's trending? What's next? Mike Nowakowski knows all. He'll join us next. We're live in the Skyway studio. It is the Timberwolves. 8 o'clock against the Memphis Grizzlies, Game 6, right here on WCCL. Welcome back. Target Center is alive and well. Mike Max joining you as the Minnesota Timberwolves prepare for Game 6. And they're not like Game 6 because it's an elimination game. And there's nothing like a Game 6 if it's a home game because that means it might be the last game of your season. And there's nothing like Game 6 when it's a home game and an elimination game if you're in the business of selling tickets because this is the equivalent of a Game 7 in some respects. Joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Mike Nowakowski from Ticket King. Uh, Mike, I, I know you and I have talked about this before. There's something magical about a Timberwolves playoff run. What is it? Do fans just come to life when the, when the Timberwolves get to the playoffs? Or can you explain from a ticket demand standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I, like like we've talked about before, you know, there's there's a misconception that this is only a hockey town. Um, it's a great hockey town, but it's also a great basketball town. And when the, the uh, Wolves make it into the playoffs, uh, people just come out of the woodwork. And, you know, the ticket demand is off the chart. And, I, I you know, I don't know if you've been to any of the games, but the... The energy inside Target Center is unbelievable right now. It's like goose goosebump city. Yeah, I, I have been. It has been. It's you know you just t- after a while because it, we've seen so little of this. You just sit back and enjoy it because you don't know you know when it will come again. How was it for the Wolves this year in terms of the ticket demand? Did did it build up once people decide? Do they is there a point where you can say okay, people believe in this team? Can, can you see that and and, and almost uh, pinpoint it? Yes, absolutely. You know, the the beginning of the season was, was really slow, um, you know, because the Timberwolves fans have been told for a lot of years in a row now that this is the year that they're going to turn the corner. So I think there was some skepticism at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, as the season progressed, uh, you know, the, and they were playing well, uh, you know, people started to jump on the bandwagon. And I think what really benefited the uh, ticket demand is they're a likable team. You know, there's some good characters. They have a little mojo, cockiness. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard not to like watching them play basketball. So uh, it, it was a very good uh, Timberwolves season as far as tickets go. 
All right, Michael, let's get to some prices. I, I, you always hear these prices floated around, uh, especially at NBA games, probably more than anywhere else. What are we looking at front row first section right now for, for tonight, game six? Um, there are some courtside seats in the first couple rows on the not not actual wood seats, but uh, you know the the Lexus Club access that are a couple thousand bucks each. But you know one thing that's uh, interesting with this game is uh, you know we have seats starting at like fifty dollars right now. Really? And yeah, yeah. Game one and game three, it was you know it was basically a hundred dollars to get in the door. Um, so, you know, there, there's an excellent opportunity. It's very affordable at this point to go see a playoff game. Do some people, do, do most people assume that a game like this is sold out and they don't even try? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I did, uh, there's this thing called the internet. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> so, you know, people just spent a couple minutes, you know, dabbling around or going on ticketkingonline.com. Uh, they would see that there are tickets available. And, you know, if I'm doing my job correctly as the pricer of Timberwolves tickets, we're never completely sold out. There's uh, so, you know, there 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 was not one Timberwolves game this year where we actually sold out of all tickets because we want to have the last we want to have tickets available for the, the last minute shoppers, too. So let's move. The Minnesota Wild will hit the playoff uh, scene next week. W- what are we looking at there when they play the Blues? Um, it, it seems uh, like people are very interested. You know, initially, uh, you, you get a rush initially where people don't care what day the games are because they haven't announced the game dates and times and stuff. Yeah. We, you know, we don't know if we have home ice, but you get the initial rush from the fans that are going regardless of the date, regardless of the time. Uh, and then, you know, generally speaking, it kind of tails off until they announce the dates of the game. Uh, and then you, you, we get pounded with requests at that point. But it seems, it, it, it definitely seems like, um, you know, expectations are higher and people are more excited at this point than, uh, you know, basically any other wild playoff run. I think, uh, you know, this, people feel like this team has a chance. Which tells you there's a feeling, right? A feeling that some, for whatever reason, they believe in this team. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, the the Minnesota Vikings made a controversial pick last night in the eyes of the fans, and uh, uh, obviously Lewis seen you know they traded down all the things that went with it. D- does a draft pick move the needle much in the ticket game, or only if it's a big name? How how does that work? It um, it can only move the needle up. Uh, you know, if they were to have, you know, if there was some you know superstar who was going to be a a, you know, a Hall of Fame player, people thought, um, that they drafted, then you'd see a bump in the market. But, you know, the it, it, it doesn't really affect it in a negative way. Uh, and, you know, at this point, we don't know the dates of the games. So, um, you know, we're not selling tickets at this point anyway. So, no, I don't, I don't think it really affects ticket demand negatively. Yeah, because the Vikings are a standalone anyway. I mean, the, the, probably the least of your concerns is ticket demand for the Vikings, huh? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, you know, you can kind of count on it, but you know that being said, the uh, go for hockey used to be something that we could count on, and we've really seen that drop. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, yes, to answer your question, you know, that it, it, we have not seen or been in a situation at the new stadium where Vikings ticket demand goes in the tank. The Minnesota Twins are playing over on 102.9 as we speak. And, of course, they have quietly uh, amassed, uh, become the hottest team in the uh, Major League Baseball. Winning seven straight. Now, this isn't June or July or August. They're not in first place in June or July or August, but they're setting the stage. Uh, April looked like, uh, because of weather, it was almost a wash. W- what happens if this team stays hot? Um, it, 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 well, people would have to call us Winterville at that point, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Winterville, we'd be Winterville finally, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like we live in Boston right now with all our winning teams. Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, as soon as kids get out of school, there's an obvious bump in uh, demand for Twins tickets and Saints tickets. Uh, if they're winning, baseball really picks up momentum, um, you know, and it, it really benefits us if, you know, they're at least in the hunt for a playoff spot when you get to late August and September. It, because there's a reason for people to want to go and cheer the team on and in hopes of uh, a playoff berth. Conversely, if they're out of it, then, you know, it's obviously very difficult to sell tickets when it's 43 and drizzly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I couldn't be more excited. It's, uh, it's fun to be in uh, my profession in this city right now. And what do the Minnesota United do? For, somebody said that they're sold out for the year. That, that, I mean, I don't. I know they're not on the secondary market, but but are they? Is their season ticket base that big? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're at a point where they actually have a waiting list for season tickets. You know, and they do uh, something, I guess, unique in that they do hold a certain amount of tickets back for the single game purchaser. You know, the people yeah. that don't want to commit. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a hot ticket, and you know, the people who like it like it a lot. Michael, appreciate it very much. We'll be in touch during the playoffs. Uh, I hope I see you out here tonight. Are you going to be there? I'll be there. All right, I'll see you. Okay, nice Mike Mike Nowakowski from Ticket King, setting the temperature for what the appetite is in this town. We come back. Alan Horton breaks it down, play by play man of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're listening to Sports to the Max, taking you up to the Timberwolves and Grizzlies game six. Skyway Studio, Mike Max, Sports to the Max, taking you up to Game 6. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies will commence here. Um, the crowd is now starting to gather and get bigger almost by the minute. And uh, the gates have opened, so they're able to work their way into uh, the arena itself. Some will choose to dine here uh, and make a night of it that way. Uh, and... Uh, Others are simply milling around, checking things out, maybe going for a walk uh, in the immediate area, uh, and then coming back. But it's starting to grab that uh, that feel uh, of an NBA high uh, high profile playoff game. And Game Six it can only be surpassed by Game Seven, of course. And for the Timberwolves, this is an elimination game. Uh, lose tonight, and you head back. Uh, you don't head anywhere. You just go wherever you want to go, I guess, because the season is over. Uh, it is my obligation on WCCO Radio to bring you uh, a weather forecast, and uh, Paul Douglas, you're talking about it, is not particularly encouraging. Uh, in fact, where you are right now, it may be drizzling. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, Saturday, 90% chance of showers, 48 degrees for a low, 56 for a high. Sunday, uh, 60% chance of showers, 42 degrees for a low, 50 degrees for a high. 
high. Uh, Monday, cloudy, we get up to 53 degrees. Tuesday, cloudy, we get up to 56 degrees. Wednesday, uh, 37 for a low, 59 for a high. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we work our way into the 60s, which will be much more pleasant. Uh, right now, it is drizzle in Minneapolis and 60 degrees. Before we move on to the Timberwolves, the second round commenced uh, for the NFL draft, and the Minnesota Vikings made the deal yesterday that gave them the 34th overall pick. Uh, that was, in essence, uh, what they got out of it. They moved down to 32 and then picked up a 34, so you thought, well, that would be defining uh, tonight. And, and again, you get sucked into it a little bit. You say, is Malik Willis going to be the one? Are they going to go with the quarterback? What are they going to do? Well, they have done what they did last night, and they've made another trade. Chris Tubbs, can you fill in the blanks on exactly? Uh, they traded with Green Bay, and they gave them the 34th pick, and in return they got, what, a couple more second-rounders? Yeah, the uh, the Vikings traded pick number 34 for Green Bay's 53 and 59. So the Vikings got a, a couple of second-rounders um, from Green Bay, and the Packers consequently turned the 34 pick into Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. So for the first time this draft, Green Bay goes out and gets a, a wide receiver. So NDSU strikes again with a wide receiver this time. Of course, he played with Trey Lance when Lance was there, uh, uh, at least briefly. Lance only played the one game there late. Uh, but uh, they got him, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just before I, I get it. They're stockpiling picks, but mm-hmm. they must feel the depth of this draft is outstanding because uh, I think uh, Viking Nation's kind of scratching their heads still going, not quite sure what we got going here. Uh, today... Um, Louis Seam met the uh, media for the first time. And, uh, do we have that cut? Can we play that? He had an interesting press conference. Uh, he was, uh, he's a very confident young man. He's taken 32nd overall out of Georgia. Uh, he's done some different things there. Obviously, they have a great defense. They had five first round picks. He was the fifth of the five, uh, the last one taken in the first round. He played for Deion Sanders at one point in time. So, uh, he's got some history. I, I don't know that, uh, he was high on the depth charts, but he is a confident young man. Here's what he had to say today uh, about him describing himself as a football player. For one, I want to say I'm a problem solver. You know, the fact that I can do a whole lot of things. And coaches love that. You know, they don't want a one-trick pony. I can run. I got the size. I'm smart. Um, You know, I can do the whole everything, the whole nine yard. So, you know, the the team is not just going to put me in one place or the other. You know, they're going to... allow me to, you know, play the game of my full potential. There you go. We'll hear more from him in the coming days. Of course, the draft continues through the night. Joining me, play-by-play man extraordinaire, Alan Horton, who, of course, will call the game tonight on WCCO Radio. And, Alan, uh, it, you know, you, you had the Houston series a few years ago, but yeah. that really didn't take shape like this one has. What's it been like from your perspective, uh, the, the ebb and flow of this, and, and, and really the, the excruciating games and stretches within the games that have been excruciating? What's it been like? It's been incredible. I mean, it's really been. Uh, we're working okay because I don't hear myself. But that's okay. Do we do we uh, hear both of us, Chris? Uh, I've only got you, Maxie. Okay. Uh, let's try yeah, this sorry. again. Okay. Let's go. Oh, Mike number two. two. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Mike okay. number two oh, is the one. That's... I've got Alan Horton yeah. with me. Alan, explain the excruciation <laughs> of what we've seen so far in this series. Well, it was painful talking and not hearing myself think, yes. and then and not going over the air. So that was hard. That was excruciating. But no, Mike, it's been great. 
um, it, it has got a completely different feel than than, tw- yeah. than twenty eighteen against Houston because you know the way they w- fell into the playoffs at the end of the year and, and Jimmy getting hurt and the schisms already developing between players. Um, it, it was a gentleman's sweep. There was a fifty point quarter here at Target Center. It was it was not a great way to end the season, but this is completely different. This is a team that has played so well since January, really ramping things up, fighting so hard for one of those top six seeds. But as I realize now, the top six, uh, number six, Denver is out. Uh, Utah and, and, that was, and that out. was not a good draw. No, it, it actually worked out this way. I mean, the, the play-in win was huge. It set all this up as possible. And so a long way of saying this has just been a fun ride, really great series, I think really intense. It might not be the best, best, greatest basketball we've ever seen, but these are two evenly matched teams going back to the regular season. Um, there's only about eight points in the nine games that they've played separating each other. Over nine games, only eight points separating the two, and Grizzlies have one more win than the Wolves do. There's 2-2 in the regular season. They're up 3-2 in the postseason here, and, and very likely, it, had, had there been two or three plays in game three or game five that would go a different way, the Wolves might be ahead, or they might have already closed out the Memphis Grizzlies. Malik so Beasley talked about that yesterday. Yeah. We sh- this thing should be over. Um, Stephen Adams is not playing tonight. He's in protocol. That was a, I was at the Memphis uh, shoot-around today. Yeah. That was a big part of the discussion. He didn't make the trip, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he, this has really been strange because he was a big factor during the season. Absolutely. And they played him one game, and they said, this matchup ain't working. Yeah, but they, they did go back to it a couple of more couple times, times, which even stunned me because in game – uh, number, I think it was four. They played him five minutes, four minutes, and Maxie got out. They got outscored by five points. They lost the game yep. by one. Um, I, you know, I don't wish any health and safety protocols on anybody. Um, but I think the Wolves don't catch a break there because Taylor Jenkins now cannot go to Stephen Adams, no. even though he might be tempted. But your point is, this is a Memphis team that won fifty six games. They were the second best team in the NBA, and they had to change their starting lineup. What two, three games into th- the third game, they go to a different starting lineup. The fourth game, they use a different starting yeah. lineup. From that, the Wolves have had to make them work. I thought that the strategy here, assuming they came with Adams, would be he becomes your guy that can absorb four fouls, and you go out and try to beat the heck out of the Timberwolves, and and, and you try to beat them down in mm-hmm. the first half. And I thought that would be the role that he would play. I don't yeah. know that it's critical if he's here or not, but but do you not see that as still part of the game plan, that, that you try to push the Wolves around, get them out of sync, take your chances. If you're making shots in your Memphis, you go, hey, we'll finish this in six. Yeah, I think I think the mindset has changed a little bit, because Steven Adams is such a big, brute force. I mean, he doesn't play dirty, or he doesn't play... He plays a lot like Peck did. I always felt like Peck could have been more forceful and, and towed that line a little bit more. But Stephen Adams is the same way. They they use their size effectively, but they're not dirty, um, and they're both great teammates. So I think it does change a little bit. You know, the fact that Jaron Jackson Jr., who is um, he's immensely talented, he's he's incredible. They locked him up to a long term deal, oh, and he move. has not been able to stay out of foul difficulty. He's no. fouled out the last two games. He has seventeen fouls in the last sixty two minutes he's played. That's an astounding rate, especially in the postseason. And, and they feared him as much. As anyone and they should in because, because they said this is the guy that changes games. He does, and when he's on the floor, the Wolves are shooting about forty percent. When he's off the floor, they shoot about forty-seven percent. So he has made that type of impact when he's on the floor, but he can't stay on the floor. Now I don't know. I, maybe it's worked out for them that they played Brandon Clark almost. You know, they, yeah, they played him a career high number of minutes last game, about thirty-seven minutes. He's been incredible. He's always been a Wolves killer going back last year, regular season. Um, the last 12 games, he's just been a pogo stick, jumping up there, grabbing rebounds, and putting them back up and in. He's been incredible. So that's, you know, while Adams has struggled, um, they've benefited because now he's out of the equation. And Jaron Jackson Jr., staying in foul difficulty, gives Brandon Clark the opportunity. Oh, and so 
it's um you know it, it it's it's fascinating when you go into these series too, Mike. How how everything can change. Hey, yeah, that's how what you I can't believe. In this one in particular, yeah. Well, the two losses that the Wolves Jared have. Jackson, I talked to this morning. We'll bring you that later in this in this program. But you know, his father was a great player, mm-hmm. of course, in the NBA, and, and he said they, we were talking about. The follow trouble. He said, "I had a couple of dad talks," and he <laughs> said, "He said he straightened me out. I know he got to play in the playoffs, but he's got a maturity about it." Tyus Jones has been what to you in this series? Uh, indispensable for for Memphis. Um, when he and John Moran on the floor, they're they're incredible. I would expect to see more minutes from from Tyus tonight because Zaire Williams, who's been a part of the rotation, yep. uh, doubtful coming into this one. So I uh, don't have the update on that yet. But if he's not available to go, that almost forces Tyler Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins' hands again yep. in terms of, hey, I've got to play Ty- uh, Tyus even more and more minutes with Tyus and John ja Morant in the backcourt, which has just been really good in this series. Um, and he's he's exactly what Wolves fans remember from his tenure with the Timberwolves, just extremely solid. He'll knock down shots. He'll make the right play. Um, I'm always stuck when he does turn the ball over because he's got so few of those. He yeah. the league. He set an NBA record this year with assist-to-turnover ratio. Ratio, just yep. Over 7-1. to one. I mean, just ridiculous yeah, numbers. Yeah, was out, they didn't miss a beat. And they didn't miss a beat, and that's largely due to uh, to, uh, to Tyus Jones. He's and, just been he's been amazing. And there might be a big free agent contract waiting for him. Uh, it's um, You know, he's uh, a free agent. I see down in Dallas that Jalen Brunson is having a career year, and he happens to be a free agent. Um, somehow these yep. things just kind of happen. And Brunson's but, father, hey, former assistant coach here. Yep. Absolutely. Now, uh, I was watching, as I watched Memphis work out today, and you see the difference, and, 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 and they are respectful of this arena, probably not intimidated by it in general, was the thought that I got. Uh, but somebody told me, if, if you think Target Center's loud, try Memphis. You've been there. What's it been like during the playoffs? Oh, I think it's been equal. I yeah. mean, I don't think there's been an edge. I, I was just a little surprised in Game 5 to see hundreds of empty seats. Um, they didn't yeah, pack that Yeah, what was that about? They, they never did fill them in. I thought maybe I don't think just... so. It, it, because I, I even said that midway through the first quarter. I heard you say that, that and I thought, well, they're still coming, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, that's been a problem here too. It's, it's tough yeah. in this day and age to go through all the things you have to go through to get into an arena, get everybody in safely, make sure everybody's checked. Um, every arena has that problem, especially right. at early start time. But, uh, midway through the first quarter, end of the first, there were still hundreds of empty seats. So, um, but that place does get loud. It's, it's, you know, uh, when you pack any, any NBA arena, it's going to be a similar type environment. It is just as loud as can possibly be. And it makes your head hurt a little bit when, you, when you're trying to do your job and you feel like you've got to scream to be heard. Um, yeah, it's not a great feeling. Last question. Obviously, Chris Finch talked about this yesterday about playing selfish versus unselfish, particularly yeah. at the end of games. Can he? The simple question that you get from fans is, why doesn't he just tell them they have to send the screen? Or you got to, you know, we need three passes before, you know, right. etc. Something simple. Yeah, right. it, 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 can you explain that to us? I, I mean, do you think that's been a focal point of their discussions? Is we're going to start calling plays at the end of games if they're tight? And I expect I don't want ISO. I want ball to move. I think that's. I think what happens is you get into a game, and, and especially in a loud environment where coaches literally cannot be heard from the bench. And if the if my memory serves, the Wolves were going away from their bench, so their offense was at the other end of the floor. Difficult to call out plays, um, and the Timberwolves are trying to burn clock. I mean, you see a lot of teams do this, right? They get to five minutes, and they just can't wait for that clock. It's not running fast enough. It's not elapsing in time. Um, and you end up burning some clock, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, i got to make something happen. Eight seconds left. Eight yep. seconds. i got to make something happen. The guy's got the ball, and he right. goes, okay, it's my yeah. turn. You know? and it's, um, but the Wolves have been a heavy isolation team in this series, probably too heavy, especially late in games. It's it's easier said than done, but you almost have to disregard the clock. You have to keep playing and do all the things that you did up to that point to give you a double-digit lead. You know, Keep doing those yep. things. Almost forget about the clock while still playing smart um, but not cautious. 
And that's um, it's tricky. That's it's a, a fine tricky line, thing. Man. It's a that's really a fine, fine line. line. Alan, appreciate it very much. Keep up you the great it, work. We'll be listening tonight. Sounds good. Alan Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He'll bring it to you tonight as he does each and every game this season. We're thrilled to have him as part of that WCCO family by extension as well. When we come back, he is the longest tenured employee of the Minnesota Timberwolves. How does this resonate with him? Some perspective on the other side. Sports to the Max taking up to the Timberwolves at WCCO. Max Sports to the Max live in the Skyway Studio, Minnesota Timberwolves, Target Center. Uh, taking on Game 6 against the Memphis Grizzlies. Joining us now, longest tenured employee of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he made the mistake today of being in line with me when we were at the restaurant at Dave's in the Skyway, which is a wonderful place to get a lunch, I might add. And Actually, what did you have for lunch today? I had the uh, – they, they said, you want the – the regular, and I knew how many times the grilled chicken with mushrooms only on it, Very nice. chip, chips at the side, and um, uh, Jeff, you heard that off mic. Jeff asked me what I ate at the deli, and I said I had the, the chicken sandwich. And you had what? I had the grilled cheese with bacon, Ooh, side fries. Heart and, be still, man. And the uh, Reese's peanut butter cup cookie. You didn't do it. Well, of course I did. Because they said it right out there. Absolutely, where you had to walk right absolutely. Dave Dave's, Deli, it's, Dave's it's, not dumb. It's money. It's money. Rick Adelman used to be one of his great. Uh, uh, customers there. Uh, Jeff has come in here on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker ha- hotline. I, you, you've got perspective on this, Jeff. You work the Skyway every night uh, that they have a playoff game in during the regular season games. What has the back half of this year in the playoffs been like for you? Oh, it's been so fun. And I mean, look at this. This is great. Yeah, isn't you it know, fun? There's a bounce. Everybody's smiling, too. I know. A bounce at everybody's step. Look at all the gear coming through. You it's know, Timberwolves and, gear. Timberwolves gear. It's not Laker gear. No. And, and, you know, it's been so fun with that. Just, you know, I think we've talked about it before, Maxie, where uh, previously we had a little bit more late-arriving crowd. We're getting people to come a little earlier. You know, 8 o'clock tip tonight. So we're encouraging people, keep coming, keep coming. We had a nice crush uh, right away when they opened the doors at 630. So that was really fun. And, and again, look at the gear. This is great. A little bounce on the step of the year in the Skyway. Now, you and I have been around long enough. We remember the first playoff in uh, 1997 when uh, Jesse Ventura uh, rappelled down from the ceiling. You and I talked about this a few weeks ago on the radio. I suggested to you that you reach out at least to Gabe Stevenson and see if he could do something, maybe give a flex to the to Memphis. Now, I know that's easier said than done. Any overtures made there, or is he on the circuit? You know, I know we have a lot of celebrities coming to the game tonight, so perhaps maybe there's some Vikings that will do something. Who oh, knows? But, who knows? But I, I, that's a great thought. And and when you, when you go down memory lane, you remember Jesse repelling out of the, uh, the ceiling and going over to Barkley and Pippen and Drexler and saying, you want a piece of these lateral deltoids? <laughs> I mean, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. So uh, that, that's that's a, that's a really good suggestion. I also understand Latrell Spreewell is in the house tonight. Spree's coming tonight. So it'll be good to see Spree, catch up with him a little bit. You know, John Thomas has put together a great alumni program for us. And obviously last game we had Wally and Troy Hudson here. And, and uh, the place went nuts. They got a huge pop when they got introduced. So and by really the way, fun. that means a lot to them. Oh, it does. You know, does. that's not just tokenism when, when they when they wave to the crowd. They, they are genuinely moved when people remember them. For sure, and, and and John has done a great job bringing these alumni players back. You know, we, we've had Googs come back, we've had Spree come back, Wally come back, Trey Hudson, Trenton Hassel, uh, Terry Porter, and so I think. And Marco Yarch was here the other day too. That was really fun to wow. see Marco. I hadn't seen him for a couple of years since he last played with us, and so that's been really fun for us as staff. I think really for the fans too that they get a chance to get that nostalgic look back and trip down memory lane with with the, with the guys. Jeff Munichier, our guest, longest tenured Minnesota Viking uh, employee. Uh, Trent Hassel was one of the nicest guys that ever came through here. Oh, T. Hassel was great. Yeah, and obviously a huge cog to that 03, 04. Yeah, you know, yeah the, the one that you forget, right? That he 
started. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but just a defensive stalwart, just great. And so uh, it's it's fun to see these guys. And I, hopefully, I'll get a chance to talk to a, a spree a little bit tonight. Yeah, for sure. So, so when you get in these situations and, and you and you go game by game and you live and die with the Timberwolves like this, you don't know how long you're going to have to work into the spring. Uh, what is that like for the organization to go through? Particularly, a lot of the people that you work with inside this organization have not really had a chance to taste a lot of playoff basketball. Yeah, you know, me being the wily veteran, you know, some of the yep. young, some of the young the young uh, bucks around uh, the office will say, "Well, what was that like in 0304? And I said, you can't believe what the atmosphere is like. The playoff intensity inside the building, coming downtown, people coming in the building, howling like wolves, wearing the gear, face paint. And I think they're seeing a really good perspective of what that's like. And so uh, I think people are really just having such a good time. And it's one of those things where you live and die with the team. But I think we as staff members, too, try to keep an even keel and realize never too high, never too low. You know, what we can control on the business side is how we treat our fans. And we'll let the players and the coaches take care of business and making shots and making defensive stops, and we'll try to take care of the rest. From time to time, you will also incorporate in a head coach or a general manager to help you with the, the fan base or to you know to send the right message. I understand that Chris Finch and uh, Sasha and Gupta have been outstanding that way. Oh, fantastic. And we just have such a great staff. And I'll give you a great example. So uh, every year we get involved with the High School Coaches Association yeah. in their fall conference. And so we went down to Coach Finch this year and said, hey, you know, we do this every year. He goes, what do you need me? Yeah, Ron Larson's the, yeah, the yeah. conduit. Yeah, Larson, Critch, and the whole crew. And uh, so he just said, well, help. I said initially, I said, Coach, would you, would you be able to spare half an hour? He goes, no, half an hour is not long enough for these high school coaches. Yeah. He said, how about two? And so I said, Coach, that's a lot. That's the day before the game. He goes, I, I, I'm there for two hours. He walks down to the Hyatt, and the the conference and his message was awesome. It what was, was it? Awesome. What was the message? It, it just talked a little bit about culture, a little bit about you know, here's how I handle things within our team. Here's things how we here's how I handle things with our coaches. Here's the different perspective. I've been where you've sat before. I've been a high school coach. I've been a college coach. I've been a, a coach over in Europe, and I've now been an NBA coach. You know, it really basketball is basketball. You know, the plays are the plays, but but it's really handling those personalities, and he gave some really good insight there. And then what was really cool was after he's done, he said, "Boy, I'll tell you what, guys." He said, "I know you guys are going to have a break here. I'm just going to walk up the street to Brits and have a couple bumps here. Anybody that wants to join me, come on up." So we had about 50 high school coaches. No, that's go up wonderful. And join him. It was great. Ah, that, that, now that that's grassroots. That's the way Jerry killed it. Those guys don't forget that either. They they will keep supporting. Sure. Munes, you got to get back out there and be the bouncer. I do. Okay. I do. Have hey, a great time great. tonight. Always good to visit with you. Sure. And hopefully we'll do it again for the Golden State Series. Right? Absolutely. Thanks, All right. thanks for having me on. All right, Jeff Munichie, the one and only, the Minnesota Vikings select Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback from Clemson in the second round. More on that live from Target Center next. Welcome back. Sports to the Max live from the Skyway Studio in downtown Minneapolis Target Center. Game six, the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies to commence a little after 8 o'clock. Joining us, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. You hear him every Wolves night. Cal Soderquist as he prepares the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame show and beyond. Nice enough to give us a little time here. Nice enough to get this booth. Uh, this is a nice booth, Cal. It's a lot It's a lot of fun. You get to see people coming yeah. in. You can kind of feel the... You do. Uh, you, you feel the energy. You see where they're at. You see what they're wearing. You and, know? and if it's you in here, you can just snag a guest or two if you need to. I, 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 you can I, act on your James Ware came walking by. He made the mistake earlier tonight, the state championship coach. And before you know it, uh, he was in here for a uh, studio interview. Um, who was that that just walked by? 
I believe that was uh, someone from our front office. I, okay. I, I blank on the name. Okay. You know who came by here earlier in the Skyway was Malik Beasley because, as you know, Cal, uh, they will walk over because they don't want to shoot on that main court because everybody's around and there's people. So they go over to the uh, the private studio, so to speak, the, the, the Mayo Clinic Square, and, and they'll get another whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes of shooting in, but they come back by the Skyway because it's the easiest way. Now, normally, you know, unencumbered, but, but in a playoff atmosphere – uh, the crowd's going crazy. They're trying to stop Malik. Anthony Edwards stopped to talk to him the other night. Uh, there's been some fun stuff organically that's grown out of the playoffs. You almost need an escort now to get from Mayo yes. Clinic Square to here. And, and certainly you'd think maybe as, as we get to May this weekend that they could walk outside, but that's maybe not the case yet. But, yeah, they, they have their routines, whether it's getting more shots up across the street or – you know, they've got the, the gym to work out in, the, yep. the weight weight room, and maybe some guys even do either a hot cub or a, a hot tub or a cold tub. Yeah, they got the routine, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and they can go over there because they have the card key. Uh, they can go shoot baskets there anytime they want. And, and I know this, you know, we, we don't see this, but you hear the stories of, uh, you know, a guy on his off day and at 10 o'clock at night, you'll find him in there, especially if he's in a shooting slump or something like that. A lot of, you know, they have off days, but there's a lot put into this stuff that we don't see. Yeah, 100%. And that's the cool thing about that that facility that's still fairly new when you compare it to all the 29 other teams and what they have as far as practice facilities. And, yeah, they they get a key card 24 hours a day. I think there's, you know, chefs in there basically on call to to get you if you need a late-night snack. But, yeah, guys like Anthony Edwards, um, and you think back to some of the past teams, Zach Levine, they were gym rats, and, and they would get in there uh, whenever whenever they could and however they could, um, and, and that's the same with, with Ant and a lot of guys on this team, too. Cal, as you go through, give me some inside basketball here. During the course of a game, all of a sudden, they, they you will see um, uh, or you will hear when you guys pop on highlights from across the league, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, how on earth do you monitor all of that? How does this work? And I'm sure other people have had that same thought. And then you've got to keep an eye on the Timberwolves game. How does that work on game night? It, it takes a village. And uh, it, it's something that, you know, th- this Wolves radio team had been doing since I joined as an intern under John Fokey. And he really w- was committed to um, wanting to inform our listeners yeah. not only about the game that was going on, you know, between the Wolves and an opponent, but anything else big going on around the league. And that could be, as you know, a big scoring night from from someone going for 60-plus. It could be a buzzer beater. It could be a triple overtime game. Uh, so we actually have we have, we have interns and associates and, and part-time guys that will monitor those games and cut up the highlights from those games just like we do for ours. So they just straight out, their assignment is to listen to that game. Yes, uh, and they kind of bounce around too. And, you know, if a game becomes yeah, they, a blowout, a to, they'll, they'll yep. pick a different one. Or if they look and see that Devin Booker has... 40 points through three quarters, they'll jump onto that. And then I'm, in a, in a sense, I'm flying blind. I'm focused on our game and writing down notes about our game. But when it gets to that break, I'll turn around and ask, all right, wh- wh- where are we going for this update? What- and, they'll, and they'll simply hand you, yep, here's exactly. the intro to the clip. Huh? Yes, and Chris Atterbury is great at it with the Twins. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job with that, and I've been able to listen to him and kind of watch him. And, yeah, it's I, I think it's important that listeners can still – you know, get the pulse of the rest of the league. And let's face it, there were some lean Wolves seasons where 
you'd you'd rather hear highlights from some of the other there games taking place, but cer- certainly not the case this year and and with this team and with this playoff run. So we we have a good balance. What's well, it been like for you in the organization this year to to, to feel not just the playoff? Uh, uh, certainly that is the crescendo, but there's a lot that leads up to that as you go down February, March, and into April. Yeah, you could kind of feel it, and you know we didn't know what to expect entering this season. Certainly, I'm sure the team and and the coaching staff and the players had internal expectations. But whether you looked at you know the the over under out west in Vegas, not a lot of people expected this team to be a seventh seed in the Western Conference um, and to get some of the you know improvements that they did from from guys like Anthony Edwards or even Jaden McDaniels. Pat Beverly, I think, has exceeded all expectations in terms of his acquisition and kind of the impact uh, he had on this team, leadership wise and locker room wise. But just to be around the team every day, you know, at shootarounds and practices and. I don't get to travel with the team, but I hear from Allen quite a bit, and there's just a genuine chemistry, and, and I think Pat Beverly brought it about. I think guys have really bought in. They enjoy time with each other. They have their, their text threads and group threads where they love talking basketball outside of the practice facility or outside of the locker room. Um, so I think they've bonded in that sense, and I think they all just kind of have that that shared mentality that they all are kind of similar guys in the sense, uh, you know, that, that they love, they have a mentality and a sort of a, I guess you could say a swagger to them on the floor. We've yep. seen them get into it with teams at times, but they all feed off each other. And I think Pat Bev sets the tone. Anthony Edwards follows him kind of, and everyone just kind of lines up after those guys and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch and, and cover this team every single day i know you gotta get down to your studio prepare for the pregame show give us a pregame to the pregame what, what do we get to look forward to well as as we know the wolves are trying to bounce back after that loss game five and uh, some of the big reasons why minnesota came up short uh way too much grizzly offensive rebounding the wolves got got beat up on the offensive glass so alan will check in with assistant coach micah nori who kind of prepares these game plans every single night and Micah will give us a snapshot of some of the keys the Wolves are focused on tonight. We'll of course hear from head coach Chris Finch um, and then we'll hear from Anthony Edwards too. He had some great stuff to say recently just kind of about the team's mentality and they do have their backs against the wall. If they lose obviously their season's over but he shed some good light on uh, how they're kind of approaching this and they don't sound like a team. You were there too yesterday. They don't sound like a team that is feeling that pressure per se? They, they, they sound a little bit angry and frustrated. Yeah, and and maybe that's good because uh, they've they've responded all season. They've responded well after losses or or in many skids. They've been able to bounce back quick. All right, Cal. Appreciate it very much. Keep up the great work. We'll be listening here in a matter of minutes for the uh, pregame, the halftime, and the postgame. Appreciate it, Mike. Anytime. You bet. Hope we can do it next week sometime, right? Uh, agreed. Yeah. Cal Soderquist, outstanding job on the Timberwolves Radio Network and by extension, uh, a piece of WCCO as well. We're uh, about an hour away from uh, tip-off here. Game six here at Target Center. Uh, it will be sold out. It will be really good. It will be really loud. Uh, the people continue to uh, now, I would say, stream in. At one point in time, they were uh, trickling in, but now it's a pretty steady stream here in the Skyway. And uh, uh, we alluded to this earlier, but one of the telltale signs that you don't didn't see always in Timberwolves uh, history is uh, almost exclusive Timberwolves merchandise that's being worn here to the playoff series. Uh, it's a Sam Mitchell throwback next to a D'Angelo Russell with a Kevin Garnett jersey, and uh, you know there's an Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, oh boy, there's Tom Gugliotta. Those kinds of things are being seen here in the Skyway, and that usually tells you uh, that your fan base is in concert with you, and they've come to watch the hometown team 
not the visiting team. Now, it's been an active day on the sports front across the board, of course. Minnesota Twins off to a tough start in Tampa. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings made that um, somewhat mysterious trade last night to get to number 32 and the number 34 pick. So today, the second round, uh, the 34th pick overall, and what did they do with it? We'll tell you and we'll explain when we come back. It's a special edition of Sports to the Max from the Skyway Studio, taking you up to Timberwolves basketball. Stay with us. All right, closing in, Timberwolves, about 40 minutes away from tip-off, but a lot going on in the world of sports, including the NFL draft round two. With the 34th pick overall in the second round, the Minnesota Vikings were set to select, oops, another trade, Chris Tubbs, and they did it with another division rival. Yeah, the uh, on the heels of trading with the Detroit Lions last night, the Vikings started out today by uh, flipping their uh, 34th pick, which is the second one in the second round, to the Green Bay Packers for 53 and 59. A couple in the uh, in the third, or still a couple in the late second. So what the Vikings did there is, you know, trying to accumulate more picks. The Packers then with uh, number 34 uh, picked North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson. Yeah. Well, the Vikings then soon after that decided that they were going to make another move, but in this time they moved up. Yep. And uh, they moved up to the number 42 spot. With who, who, the, did they package the two second-round picks, or how'd they get up? The the Vikings traded uh, the number 42 overall in the second round in their pick 122 in the fourth to the okay. Indianapolis Colts, and they received uh, number 53. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Vikings received number 42. Vikings four, got 42. Yeah, Vikings they received 53. They gave up 53, 77, and 192, so a second. Uh, their third, their original third, and a 192. So in the and they uh, drafted from Clemson, Andrew Booth, right? Yep, yep, the uh, quarterback, and that was somebody, Maxie, that uh, you know they had thought that maybe he could. You know, he was a target for the Vikings. Some people wanted him at 12. Uh, you know, injury issues, the core issues. That was a little bit of a question, and you know, fell out of the first round. And Vikings felt that they could move back up. And uh, get value. So right now, yeah, the uh, the Vikings have made one pick. Uh, they are uh, seven picks away from making another one because they've still got 53, and they've got 59 coming okay. up. And then okay. they've got 66 as well. So they've got three coming up uh, that should be made within the next couple of hours. But you better get a chart out here, flow chart, because who knows if they'll have them by the time they... Get there the way crazy's going with this. Yeah, thing, but yeah, it, exactly. So it's, but they they did trade with uh, Indianapolis. I'm just I'm waiting for the trade with Chicago because okay. you you got to make it the division trifecta. Yeah, yeah. You deal done with the Bears. This won't be a good draft. All right. So tonight it is uh, Memphis. I went there and practiced today. Memphis Grizzlies. Coach Jenkins gets you know finalist for Coach of the Year, etc. And I asked him. I asked him what I thought was a very pertinent question. I said, "You've been behind by 26 points. You've been behind by 13 points in the second half. Does that create a confidence within your team as to whether or not you can come back or not?" Here now, Coach Jenkins. Comebacks mean a lot for confidence, though. You guys have done it twice in this series. Uh, it, I mean, what does that do for a team? Because you, you got to watch for the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I've said it all season long. You're going to win a lot of different ways. You're going to win pretty. You're going to win ugly. You're going to win from ahead. You're going to win from behind. So, obviously, that's why I say this has been an intense series. You know, we've had to do a lot of different things to get three victories so far. To get the fourth victory, who knows what it's going to take. Uh, we've done a lot of different ways. So, as long as we come out there and just try to give it our best effort from the start and play the full 48 minutes, our resiliency has been really good for us. 
um, you know, our swag and our spirit's been really good for us. That's carried us when our play hasn't been that great uh, to give us ourselves a chance. So uh, who knows what's going to be, you know, to get that fourth victory, hopefully. I uh, just got to go out there and just find a way. What, is, what does offensive rebounding mean to you? You guys have really controlled that category and got a lot of good second chances. How do you teach your new, where does this come from? I think it's just guys playing to their strengths. I mean, obviously we have some, you know, uh, guidelines to how we want to attack, you know, on the offensive end at the end of possessions. Uh, but it's just guys playing to their strength. Obviously their momentum plays for us. Uh, it's been a strength of ours all season long. I know it's an emphasis of theirs, you know, to try to stop that. I mean, you know, hopefully we're making shots, so that's not a factor. So uh, what do we got to do to win on the offensive end? What do we got to do to win on the defensive end? I mean, defensive rebounds going to be a big key for us, knowing how lethal they are when they attack the glass, too. Okay, but this offensive rebounding thing, Coach, a lot of that has come from uh, Brandon Clark and what he's done. Uh, he's been inserted in, in to play probably more than he anticipated because Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble. Uh, we mentioned Stephen Adams is in the protocol, but he hadn't played that much as well. Clark has been what you call an X-factor. We asked him about the playing time that he's received playoff game to playoff game. Um, I got trust in the, in the coaches, so... Um, I got trust in the uh, minutes that they give to the players that those guys are going to be able to go out and win. So whether that's me, Jaron, X, whatever, um, I'm, I'm down for whatever it takes. How do you like this arena? What's it play like as you're visiting? Um, I like it here, I guess. Um, I mean, it's here it gets loud. It's just fun fun playing here. Uh, their team is also very, very fun playing against. they got guys that are, are, are great. So um, it's just a really, really fun challenge playing here. Is there a lot of talking going on right now in this series, or where is it at? You know, there's not really too much talking. I think we're all just so locked into, you know, trying to win that we don't really want the talking to be, you know, something that gets us kind of off of um, our game. So there hasn't been too much talking, as there has been in some, like, other series I've been watching. But, yeah, I think we're all just so locked, locked into the game. No, he's been locked in. He's been very good for this team with putbacks. Jaron Jackson hasn't played as much as he'd like because of foul trouble, but he's been very good at times, and he's considered a key to this team. And certainly a focal point of the Minnesota Timberwolves scouting reports. I asked him about his own scouting report for playing against Carl Anthony Towns. What's it been like to play against Towns in this series? Well, you know, for you and, and, and what problems has he presented? What's it like as the, as the series evolved? I mean, you see what he's like. Uh, good player, can do multiple things. He's a big guy that's important. Um, just makes it hard. He attracts a lot of attention, so we have to account for that a lot. Defensively, it doesn't take just one person. It takes everybody. Um, but, yeah, I've been playing against him a lot in my career and then a lot recently, so I'm just seeing all facets of his game. You get to see a lot of people's game when you play them multiple times, so good player. When, you, when he shuts the three like that, has that changed over the years as you watched him because he, he loves to go outside now more? Yeah, I mean, I think he's always shot it, but, I mean, when he... Probably this year, uh, he's probably been just shooting a lot more, gotten him more up last year too, but this year it's just, I mean, you got a hand up, he's still shooting him, so uh, credit to him, he works out, he works out hard. For sure, I picked Jackson as my pick to click on the Memphis side, Patrick Beverly on the Timberwolves side. A lot of sweatshirts out here that says, I love Pat Bev. Uh, they've obviously put it a limited edition, but they've been hotcakes. I've seen several people wearing those uh, uh, tonight. Timberwolves in Memphis. We're at that juncture now where this is our last time to speak before we turn over to Cal Soderquist. Tubbsy, you started. Let's get a prediction for tonight's game and why. I, I, I think the Wolves, I think thoroughly they, they've outplayed Memphis a good majority of this series. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Wolves. I, I feel like the Wolves at home, you ride that momentum. And uh, you take it to a Game 7 Sunday afternoon. Take your chances. And your key player to the game is? I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go Jordan McLaughlin. I think he's going to get oh, some yeah, run. Interesting, because I think he's going to get more clock tonight. Yep, I do too. 
All right, I'm going to take Beverly. I'm going to take the Timberwolves 109 to 102. There it is. We'll be back Sunday morning. Pete and Jerry and I to break down that, the draft, and a whole lot more on the huddle. But up next, it is Game 6, and it is festive here at Target Center. The Timberwolves, the Memphis Grizzlies, an elimination game for the Wolves. Cal Soderquist and Alan Horton coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.